back. Pulls up for three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. A warm welcome from me, Mark Woods, to the latest edition of the MVP Cast, brought to you in association with Total Environmental Compliance. Check out their consultancy services for a whole range of environmental issues at tecompliance.co.uk. If you like the podcast, of course, please hit the subscribe button. Please give us a review. And of course, we've launched a new MVP mail newsletter. Lots of exclusive content on a regular basis. Sign up for that at mvp247.com. Now, our guest on this edition is one of the brightest newcomers to the British Basketball League this season. He is a wolf who is howling loudly down in Worcester. Mike Parks Jr., welcome to the podcast. Yes, yes. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. What um what has life been like for you so far in 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 Worcester? Uh, it's it's definitely been different. Um, uh, I got adapted to the environment. It's not too snowy, too cold, so it's been cool. And then we just going through the coronavirus stuff, you know, different changes. So we just working around it, still trying to be able to play and whatnot. Um, I mean, obviously, the the virus for every every player this season is you know there's a risk. It's sitting in the back of things at the moment. I mean, you've been one of the teams that have you know, unfortunately come into contact with it. I mean, how's it how's it been mentally for you to kind of have to? Obviously, you're overseas. You're trying to balance everything that's going on in, in the world at the moment. I mean, is, has it been a simple or a testing process? Uh, no, it's kind of been simple because they already have guidelines on if it does happen what's going to work out and um you know that that person had to isolate we were still able to have practice and stuff so it's not like we just sitting around you know being bored or whatever but it's it's just, it's been cool because it's a guideline so we all been safe we still uh go get tested and everything's cool you are obviously in this first trip overseas but it has been an extraordinary journey in your life because mm-hmm. you're you're obviously from Cleveland, Ohio. That that's home. Right. But I mean, Dad, tell us. I mean, growing up, you you had a lot of different homes in many many places. I mean, can you mm-hmm. can you tell? Can you count to many places that you lived in as a as a child? Yeah, for sure. Um, it re- it really started like um in high school. I think the end of temporary year, because we ended up moving uh to a different high school, in different location. We wanted something better, but then somehow it just, it just went downhill after that. And uh, between 11th and 12th grade, I bounced around maybe to like eight different homes. And some of them wasn't, wasn't even like suitable for a home. So we went through a lot, but nobody really never knew because I never talked about it. I always kept a smile at school. Like once people found out out there, like, dang, like. I didn't even know you was going through that. Like you held that in so great, but that's just I don't I don't I ain't like to express it. You know, I was just trying to live life, just keep trying to get my education and graduate, like my mom was telling me. Was that a sense of you know, trying to be prideful to to keep keep that quiet and not tell too many people about it? Yeah, I didn't really want too many people in our, you know, our business anyways because, you know, that could have affected me, you know, judgmental people or anything. But I was surrounded by good folks 
So I don't think I had to like really experience that. With with your mother, obviously you were a, a family, a very close family, I, I guess, with your sisters as well. But yeah, um, what was the, what was the point I mean, that you reached? I know there was a point where she moved you to to try and move you to a better area of the city, but you know what was the yeah. point where it became most problematic? Uh, like I said, it was uh moving because we was like in this inner city uh 10th grade then she moved me like kind of to the suburbs and um just after like so long a couple months like i said it went downhill and um it, it just got worse after that um i necessarily don't know what happened because i really didn't ask because my mom was like this gonna happen or we gotta do this or that so it was definitely a, a tough situation. Just uh, I met I missed a lot of school days. Can't lie about that. I missed a lot of school days. I just seen my mother cry. You know, stuff that you you don't want to see. You know, we uh, we about stayed in a, a abandoned house. It was it seemed like it was. Um, that that was a tough time. One room. It was in, in the winter. You know, one bed. I had to let my sisters and my mom lay on the bed. I'm. I'm laying on the floor. We got a little heater, a little microwave, little TV with no cable. So it, we was really going through it. And we stayed like 40 minutes from my school. So having to catch the bus to school early in the morning, you know, seeing my sisters had to sleep on. I, I ain't like none of that. I'm like, man, uh, in the future, that that's all going to change. I, I never want to experience that again or want anybody to experience it because that's, you at the bottom right there. That's the lowest of the lowest. People gonna gonna, gonna give up, and I was gonna I was gonna give up. I told my mom like, yeah, I'm 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 about to quit basketball because I, I can't keep going through this, and and you know Cleveland is is a bad area. It was like, man, I was either choosing I was gonna be in these streets or I was gonna have to get a job or something. But she just told me keep going with this basketball stuff. Let me handle this, and. We we got a handle. We eventually got on our feet after so long, but it was definitely a tough journey. I mean, paint us a picture. I mean, you know, we all have this image of you know inner cities in a, in various parts in America. I mean, what was your version of of Cleveland like? Um, Cleveland is. Uh, <laughs> I don't see why people like going to Cleveland, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really my. I don't. I don't see, but. Uh, Cleveland is a, is, a, is a bad area for sure. Um, it's, it's people getting killed every day, you know, uh, robberies and a whole bunch of stuff. Like, uh, you, you really got to watch your back out there. Like, I, I ain't going to say I'm safe, but a lot of people know me, you know. Oh, that's Big Mike. They know me, so I don't think they'll try me, but you just never know. Like, I'd have had friends get killed, um, one time I was I was just minding my business. I'm doing a photo shoot at a playground and then like a couple feet away from me they started shooting. And I just seen uh this young boy, he was seventeen, he got he got shot in his legs and I went over there, you know, helped him, waited till the ambulance came and whatnot. So you you'll see stuff like that on the daily, so it's it's real tough. Like you gotta you gotta be built for that. I mean, you said about obviously stand. I mean, standing out when you're your height, people are going to see you around anyway. But you know, with 
you know, there's always that, I guess that's again a cliche, but you know, that basketball can, can make a difference and it can be an anchor for, for people in, in, in difficult times. Oh, yeah. what, what role did it play for you? Uh, it played a good role because uh, everybody seen I was tall. And, you know, anybody going to want to talk to you like, oh, man, you tall, you play basketball or something? <laughs> and, you know, they hit me with the jokes like, oh, man, I dunk on you. Like, it'd it be people like that. So I, I get the cool vibes. I never get, like, no bad negative vibes, you know. It might be bad people in a group, but they'll come up, hey, man, you tall, like, you hoop, like, keep going. Like, they encourage me, and they know they doing bad. So I kind of get, like, that past, like, oh, he's trying to make it out of here, you feel what I'm saying? So... That, that I get that advantage just being tall. When you're in that abandoned house and there is so little there, and your know, hope is you know, probably it's sometimes difficult to find. Yeah. What what keeps you apart from basketball possibly? What keeps you positive? Uh, I just I just always had a positive mindset, and that's still to this day. Like uh, adversity, you're gonna go through adversity in life. And God don't give no battle that a man can't handle. And he gave me that battle. He he knowing I can handle it. And it's something that's going to come out good. So I just kept striving for the best and just keeping my mind on the right track and don't get sidetracked and go go the wrong way. You know, I'm my mom's only son. So it's like, I, I got to do something. I got to stay strong. Like, you know, it's it's a lot of cases, especially in Cleveland, where mothers losing their sons and I'm her only son. I can't, I can't do that. I, I got to be great for her. There was, there was an interview that, that you gave and I, I guess it illustrates the, the bonds you have with your mom. I mean, there was a point where she suggested, do you want to go and live with your dad? Mm -hmm. And in spite of all this, your answer was absolutely no, no, no. Mm -hmm. That as a, as a group, as a as a family with your mom and your sisters, I mean, the, the bonds must run incredibly deep. Yeah, yeah, we uh we definitely strong. Like we dang there talk every day, and my sisters are in college now, so it's kind of funny that they uh split up and went to different colleges. Um, uh, my mom was kind of hurt; she had a little time with crying, like, "Oh, my baby's all gone," but uh. No, we we definitely have a strong bond because it's at the end of the day it was just it was just us we all we had so we had to be strong for one or another. What's what's the situation with your mom now? Like at this point, uh, she's doing good. Uh, still currently staying in Cleveland. Um, she, what job is that? She she got a pretty good job and it's pretty interesting. Uh, can't talk too much about it because you know, stuff like that, but, uh, CIA, interesting job she has though, but we doing pretty good. Is that CIA? Is that, is that what you can't tell us? <laughs> Espionage. Uh, I ain't gonna say it's down on lines, but it's something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in this, in this situation, there's always the heroes and, you know, and the people who kind of step up to the plate. I mean, who, who was there for you to, to kind of help you get through this path? Uh, I, I definitely had uh, friends that was there for me. Um, my my boy Christian, I went to school with him um, at Richmond, and at one point in time, he he took me in himself, and we still we still tight to this day. That that's I call him my brother. So um, you know that's just one example. You know my older sister, she was with us for a second, and then she got her own place, and we we moved in with her. So. 
we all still had each other's back. So like I say, it was his family. And then I had a couple of friends that was, that was still there. What's, what's your relationship like with, with the city now when you go back? Cause obviously you've achieved a certain yes. degree of fame going away to college at Memphis and multiple come on and talk about that. But when you yeah. go back now, does it, does it feel like a secure place or do you sort of walk streets and get very vivid memories of you know, both good times, but also difficult times? Uh, I can never say, uh, it feels safe. Cleveland is, like I said, it's not a safe place. I don't care who you are or who you think you are. It's just not a safe place. So I'm always constantly watching my back, but I know I'm cool if I just mind my business and do what I do. Um, I mean, to to my family and friends, you know, and then people that know me on the internet. Like, uh, just before I came to Worcester, uh, I broke the backboard in the game, you know, shattered the glass, and it, it went viral. So, like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to stores like Dick's and stuff. They're like, oh, you the guy that broke that glass or this and that. I'm going to different stores. I'm like, dang, like, that's crazy. Like, everybody literally know that. So, it, it's kind of funny. I'm probably going to get the same thing when I go back. But, uh, you know, that that's something legendary in Cleveland. Not too many people do that. So I can say I got that done. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, not a bad thing on your resume. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so what's it been like? I mean, I mean, there are not many places as different to inner Cleveland and Worcester. Mm-hmm. How, how have you found it culturally there? Uh, culturally, it's, it's pretty cool. Like <laughs> people, mind, people minding their business here, you know. People walking outside, jogging, you know, they ain't got to worry about now. I heard this is one of the safest cities in England. Mm. So, uh, that's pretty cool. You ain't, you ain't, have, you ain't got to worry. You ain't got to lock your doors all the time or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, they, they, it seemed like they have, uh, each other's back and even the players back, like, uh, see them on the internet, like, oh, we rooting for y'all and stuff like that. So that's good. Don't seem like no haters out here. And I, I feel, I feel comfortable here. Like I try not to bring my, my, like how I be in the city to another place. You feel what I'm saying? It just all depends on the vibe and stuff, though. You know, I don't have to watch my back like I had to do at home. I mean, that that relationship with the fans, obviously, it's so fundamental to to pro sports. And you know, you you arrive in a city, you've never played in front of the fans here. You probably met one or two, maybe in the street safely, or you know, but mostly it's social media you know, people right. sending you tweets I and mean, what's what's that like because i'm very curious for for any athlete at uh, present yeah this this is definitely um different not playing in front of fans i was actually thinking about this when i was at home like how how do they play this like where am i gonna get this energy from because you'll get energy from crowds mm-hmm. of people so it's like dang you gotta really find this energy and your teammates we all got to have this energy to go out and play and win. So uh, the first game, it was like, oh, like, it surprised me. So I'm like, oh, I'm trying to find myself. I believe I'm finding myself now over the last three games. I've been doing way better. So uh, I'm definitely adapting to it. Is it is it different? You guys have had TV games. Does that make a difference to you when, okay, there's no one there right in front of you, but you can see the cameras there's a bit more of a buzz around it, you know what's going yeah. on nationally. Does that does that trigger something? 
Oh yeah, for sure. Cause it's like, oh yeah, like people for sure watching. Like we on TV, y'all know that, right? So <laughs> we got to go extra hard. Like we we can't lose or we can't do this or that. So uh, they give you an extra push for sure. Who's the team barber? Cause everyone before a TV game gets a haircut. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I have no idea. You know, England <laughs> in lockdown, so you can't go to a barber shop. Like before, I came here. You know, people hit me up like, "Oh, you know, I know barbers here and there." But once the lockdown happened, like all the barber shops closed, I'm like, "Oh man!" But <laughs> and I brought my clippers to line myself up, but they don't fit in the plug, so it's like, "Oh man!" You know, I'm probably just gonna go four months without getting to come, be looking crazy. But uh, I got, I gotta do this probably. You, by the end of the season, you will have the best Dr. J fro that we've seen oh, since yeah. Dr. J. For sure. And I'm going to have that James Harden beard, my beard real long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your college career, I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, playing at University of Memphis, you know, the, mm. the Tigers, I mean, it, it's, you know, one of the best programs in America. But, you know, sure. you weren't given a, a direct free pass to, to the top mm-hmm. of Division One basketball, were you? No, no, I was not. Um that that situation was very weird when I look back at it because um, in high school, like for my division, I won Player of the Year, won Player of the Year for my conference. I averaged like twenty two and eleven, so it was like, uh, where are the college offers or anything? I didn't have nothing. Uh, at the last minute, I ended up getting a, a JUCO offer, and I went out to Missouri. I never flew before, first time away from home, and. Um, I actually did good out there. Uh, the first half of the season I missed because I broke my foot, but I came back and I did exceptionally well. And uh, I was like one of the top 100 uh, basketball players in junior college. So I was invited to this camp. And then the team I was on, we won the whole thing. We didn't lose the game. We were smacking everybody. So that really got my name out there. And then uh, I ended up transferring because of the coaching reasons. And still the offers was coming and I committed at first I committed to New Mexico mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. And then at the end of the season, they coach ended up getting fired. So I'm like, oh man, I gotta reopen this up. I'm like, oh, this is about to be crazy. So like in like two days, I had like 12, 15 offers. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then uh, the the reason I got the Memphis offer was because uh, for my first year. It was a big there, and the coach, Coach Tubby, came to look at him. But, you know, he seen me too, obviously. And so uh, when when the spot opened for Memphis when I was at my second year, they they needed a big, and he flew down and came to see me, and he offered me. And I'm like, man, I always told myself, like, I want to play at a big university. I want to play on TV. I want to do this and that. <laughs> and I had that opportunity, and I'm like, I'm taking this. I committed before I even took a visit. I never been to Memphis. I'm like, I'm going there. I, it's, it's a perfect opportunity, and uh, it clearly worked out for me. <laughs> I mean, Tommy Smith, I mean, legend of basketball. I mean, mm-hmm. what's what was it like to play under someone who's you know got that reputation and obviously you know, achieved so much in the game? Yeah, um, it feel good. Um, even more like not my era, but probably, like, my mom era. Like, they really know him more than me. So, uh, that was big. You know, he was talking about He was uh, a good coach. And just to have that that resume of 
playing under him and even playing at Memphis, that's big time, especially where I'm coming from. Don't nobody really get that opportunity. Like, yeah, it's a couple guys that have got that opportunity. Like, uh, Carlton Bag, he was a McDonald's All-American. He went to Kansas. And Esau Ma, he went to West Virginia. So, it, just naming a couple people. They they went to big-time schools, but it's not a lot of people. And I feel like I got out the mud, and I was able to go there. So, like, a lot of people was happy for me. Because over your college days... You, I mean, a lot of people work on aspects of the, their game. You worked on your body quite extensively as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had to because the game, it got faster. Uh, people was, was able to jump. And I had to bring myself up. Like, okay, I got, I got to match what they got. So, yeah, I, I definitely worked hard on my body for sure. Was that an easy decision? I mean, Toby got fired at the end of 2018. And right. obviously, like anything else, you know, players, sometimes players stay with the program, some players say, well, okay, new coach, I'll go somewhere else, so I take, take my options. Yeah. They bring in Penny Hardaway, mm-hmm. a bigger name in the world of basketball or such thing as possible. Was there ever a second thought where you thought, nah, I don't want to play for this guy? Uh no, that was never a second thought because I'm like, all right, I done already been to too many schools, um, <laughs> two JUCOs, and then I was going to New Mexico, then I had to cut that off. And if I went to another school, that would have been bad on my resume. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to stick it out. It's just one more year. Um, He's been in the NBA. You know, we got like an NBA staff. So I might as well try to, you know, they helped me and I helped them get the wins or whatnot. So it was a win-win situation. What was it like to play for Penny? Because you know, if I recall correctly, I mean, he came in obviously huge rep as a as a player. People remember him, you know, especially from his days mm-hmm. in Orlando alongside Shaq. But not that you no know, really experience of you know of college you know, basketball. What do you? What's the experience like of, of of someone who's probably still trying to learn his way around it, but obviously has this huge bank of memory of big games and and being a high level talent. Uh, it was it was crazy. Um, when when Penny came, oh, the games just got super packed. So that was uh, a <laughs> that was a crazy experience. Like one of the most lit games was uh when we played Tennessee at home. Oh, like when we came off of warm ups, the whole like arena was already full, and we play in the NBA arena, so. It's like, oh my God, like I never seen as many people at a game before. So that was uh definitely exciting and uh I just try to cherish every moment and just just go hard to the end of the season. And that's and how give, I try to work with it, stay positive, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, given that you guys share share you know, an arena the FedEx forum with the Grizzlies, I mean, how much did you ever get to see those guys? Uh, you don't really get to see them because, like, if we have a home game, then they probably they probably off or they either probably at a away game. You know, um, we might have caught them. We might have caught them a couple times. Like we seen, uh, because I think they're supposed to have a game the same day. We had an early game, and I think they're about to play New Orleans. And we seen uh Anthony Davis and Rajon Rondo. You know, they came to our locker room and whatnot. They we took some pictures with them, so we we see a couple of NBA NBA guys, you know, here and there, but it wasn't too frequently. 
What do you do in that situation? Do you try and stay cool or are you the first guy to ask for the selfie? Uh, no, nah, I'll be cool because like, <laughs> right. you, you can't, you can't be no groovy type of, you be like, oh, like, oh man, that's AD, but you can't be like, oh, like, oh my God, like, you can't do that. So it's just like, yo, what's up? You know, you're dapping up, you feel what I'm saying? He asks you how you doing or something. He be like, uh, he'll ask you for a picture. You just ask him like, yo, can I get a picture? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you just, you just be cool because at the end of the day, y'all both basketball players. At some point, you gonna want to go against them if you get to that level. So that's how I feel. Who's um, who's your player idol? Uh Demarcus Boogie Cousins. Uh, and as people were looking at your Twitter name, Mike Boogie Parks <laughs> may have guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what I, attracts you to to Demarcus? Uh, his his aggressiveness. I feel like um, like that's that's a big bro. Like uh, we we dang near shoot alike. Uh, we almost play alike, and that's that's why I got the name for. I I think I came up with that name for real on my own because like um. I just always say Boogie, and people just start calling me Boogie, so I start rolling with it, and I I, I feel like he's a, he's a great player, for real. Um, he's getting back to it, obviously, on Houston. I see the work that he's putting in, and one day I would like to put some work in with him, you know. Uh, somehow we link up or something, but, yeah, that that's my idol for right now, for sure. See, if you got a nickname like Boogie, you've got a new heart of dance. Oh, oh, a little bit. I got, I got a little, little sign. You know, we didn't have our little dance, you know, little dance battles yet on the team. But some people think they can dance better than me and whatnot. You know, I'll be on TikTok, so I might do a little something, something. Ain't nobody matched that yet, so I'm winning right now. <laughs> That's where you bust your moves. Got to, uh-huh. Everything's got to be on TikTok. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, like a lot of guys, you, you're big into tats, I know, and you, you, you kind of started early. I mean, pick, pick us out. Was this uh, kind of not a visual medium, but what have you got? Or what's what's the favorite t- tattoos? Now, uh, I, I have a lot of tattoos, mm-hmm. and I plan on getting some more when I get back. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just telling me, like, it's just showing my life. Like I got my siblings on me, you know. Um, I got my city on me, you know, godly stuff. I got my son on my neck. Like my whole neck was dedicated to my son. And I always said I wanted the uh, neck tattoo. I just didn't know what to get. And when I'm like, when I find out I'm about to have a son, I'm like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity to do that. So I ended up getting his name and some stuff. Like I got an eye in front of, like on my Adam's apple. And this just always means like, I'm always watching him no matter how far or wherever I'm at. Like, I always got an eye on him. And on the other side, it's like a uh, it's a bird with a key in its mouth and a uh, treasure chest. So it's basically like the treasure chest is my heart and the bird is him. Like he got the key to my heart. So, you know, just coming up with different things like that. But, yeah, I got, I got a whole bunch. It's, it's just so many meaning to it. Like my tattoos are never just meaningless. So I was... I'm glad I got all these tattoos. I love all my tattoos. <laughs> is there is there room for a wolf? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, definitely for sure. I still got my whole back to go. Uh, I got my stomach. I'm probably gonna get my stomach when I get back. Uh, yeah, if I got my back, I still got my leg. I got one tattoo on, on my right leg. 
But uh, yeah, I plan on getting real inked up. <laughs> so someone, someone, one of these days has got to get a Matt Newby tattoo. So mate, it could be <laughs> a Matt Newby tattoo. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you talk obviously with great great passion and love for your for your son Zachary. I think it's is two years of age now. I mean, we see the photos of you guys on on, on social. I mean, how um how tough is it? to be this far away from yeah the ones you love at this point in time yeah um it's definitely tough um this this being thousands of miles away you know the time difference you only can facetime him at certain times and whatnot but uh he he know who i am and he loves me uh i get on facetime he oh you get the jumping and stuff you know we try to have our little conversations i miss all that and he's just he's just getting real big because you know i'm i'm tall i come from a tall family so his mother not that tall but my genes are strong so uh, <laughs> yeah he he's he pretty tall for a two-year-old he's he's about the height of like a, a four or five-year-old already and uh now nah, I, I just miss i can't wait till i get back pick him up you know go play with him and had naps on them, do all you know, daddy stuff. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a dad, man. I'm a family man. I, I love it. Is that is that important to you now? I kind of guess based on your own childhood to to you know the to be that active mm-hmm. bother you know, regardless of where you are in the world. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely important because it's uh, a lot of people are out here without fathers and or even without mothers. That's in their life and active. So I try to stay as active as I can in my son's life, rather than me being on FaceTime with him every day or when I get back, just just being with him, doing certain things and teaching him how to be a man and teaching him about the world out here, you know. Everybody needs their dad, and I'm one of them that say I I take pride in being a dad for sure. This this pro journey you were on. Obviously, last last year you were supposed to go to Australia for a while, but COVID mm-hmm. paid to that. You had a couple of games in the in the D League with with Toronto's farm mm-hmm. team. Um, brief cup of tea. What what was that brief stop there like? Uh it was it was great. Uh, I I love to go back there. <laughs> I have to talk to my agent about that. But, uh, <laughs> No, it was it was definitely a good experience. Like uh, even you know getting drafted into the G League. Like to be honest, I didn't even like my agent told me like, oh, I'm gonna put you in this. You know, you don't know if you is. And then I ended up getting drafted. Like I seen it. I'm just you know working out, and I seen somebody like, oh, you got drafted. I'm like, huh? I'm like, what you talking about? And then I see it. I'm like, oh, snap. And I get a call like, uh, yeah, you leaving in like two days. I'm like, oh, so uh. It was a good experience, uh, the training camp and how they take care of their players, you know. It's, it's, it's definitely great, you know. Definitely a fun experience that people that play basketball want to experience. It's quite yeah. a brutal league, though. I mean, did, did, did you ever sort of, did they sit you down and go, this is why we're letting you go, or what's, what's yeah, the process uh, like? I was, I was putting, uh, they was putting a tough situation, so uh, they already have one uh, big sign, and you in each position, you can only have two players. So you know, I was trying to get that spot, but then the NBA uh, they brought down this guy that was in my spot, and if they bring down the guy, he has to play regardless. Mm-hmm. So it was like ah, like if they would have never brought him down, you possibly could have been on the team. 
when they brought him down, they had two bids. So it's like, oh, you know, we got to let you go. So I understood, like, they cool people. So I still talk to them to this day. So I know the situation. I mean, this is, I guess, your your biggest showcase this season. And, you know, players come you know, to Europe, you know, the BBL, you know, is, is, is not the destination for most players. It's somewhere you can showcase yourself, do well, and then try and move on somewhere else. I mean, do you... Do you play with that pressure at all, or do you try to to block out that next move and that next move from your mind? Uh, I'm just, I'm just worried about you know this season, what I can do from here, and my game to tell where I'm going to go next, or if I can come back here, or whatever. You know, obviously you don't want to move up to, you know, maybe a good Euro League or possibly back to the G League or anything. So. I'm just trying to work on my game and continuing to help my team win and better my stats. What's the process for you of, of getting better? I mean, is there things that you've focused on over, you know, certainly not being able to play for last season or most of yeah. last season? Is there things that you went away with a trainer and a gym by yourself with, with friends that you said, yeah, this is, this is what I need to do to be a pro? Uh, yeah, just continuing to um, work on my conditioning and getting stronger. Uh, in my position, I see uh, that I have advantage by running, and uh, I can run exceptionally well. So I, we've been doing a lot of running, especially in practice. It's like he's run. But they be through drills and, you know, stuff like that. So that has bettered me, and uh, I'm just going to continue to keep doing that and having that motor that most bigs don't have. So... I think I have an advantage over that. What about the wills generally? Obviously, late late arrival for some of you guys, um, mm-hmm. but now you know, often running a bit. It's you know still a, still early-ish in the season. What's yeah. what's the target now? I mean, do you do you, what's the sense you get of how much further this team can improve? Uh, we definitely can improve more. We gelling with each other every day, you know. Um, and our main goal is to win. Well, we we don't won three so far in a row, so we we plan on we plan on winning more. Definitely, we just uh, I, I see in our practice we definitely getting it down packed and having each other's back, and nobody's being selfish or anything. We know this is a a team thing, and we all want to win at the end of the day. What 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 about the level of play here? Did it did, has it lived up to expectations? Surprised you? What's it been like? Um. I would ain't say to my man. I mean, it's been cool, you know. I can't say this is the worst league or the best league. I can't say that at all. It's definitely good players in this league, and it's definitely good teams in this league. Like, uh, since we've been here, we have yet to play. Uh, we didn't play Leicester yet, or uh, London. I think we got Newcastle coming up, and that's like one of the top three teams. So, uh, we we want to see what they're talking about. I, I believe we can beat any of these teams for real. If everybody on the same page and we are for one of another, we can be anybody, to be honest. Well, we wish you every luck and every success with with getting success and Worcester playing well this season and uh, everything else off the court. Um, you can follow Mike on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Boogie Parks. Um, Mike, pl- pleasure speaking to you and uh, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me on here. 
That is it for this edition of the MVP cast brought to you with our sponsors at Total Environmental Compliance. Search out for them on Google or give them a follow on social at TU Compliance Limited. You can, of course, get all our previous editions at MVP247.com where you'll get all your basketball news. If you want to reach out to me, get me on Twitter at Mark Brooklyn. Another edition of the MVP cast coming very soon. But for me, Mark Woods, it's bye for now.